From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now, here's your host, Kate Burdett. Welcome to Ohio Sports Magazine. Lace up your running shoes. It's that time of year. There are a lot of marathons happening throughout the state. Today, we're talking with Iris Simpson-Bush. She is the CEO of Pig Works. And first and foremost, I'm going to get a very long-standing question answered for myself. Hi, Iris. Welcome. Kate, I'm so happy to get to talk with you. Well, the same goes for me. And before we even go any further, can you tell me why it is called the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati? I would be happy to. Well, it dates back to our tradition. A long time ago in the 1800s, Cincinnati was literally referred to as Porkopolis. Um, we had a very prolific meatpacking industry. Farmers uh, actually delivered the pigs and other livestock, but pigs, to um, what we call public landing there on the river. And then they ran them through the streets of town to the stockyards uh, that are a little bit further in into town. So, um, yeah, we, we've been known for our very prolific meat packing and specifically pork industry uh, for over for centuries now. And so when uh, we were looking for a, uh, you know, a name for our, our marathon, a lot of things were offered up like the Queen City Marathon, by the way, someone else calls themselves that the Hilly City Marathon. Well, who wants to run that? <laughs> so somebody said, well, let's call ourselves the Flying Pig. And everyone was laughing. And the thought was, it's a little risky because in greater Cincinnati, people understand the pig connection. It's just ubiquitous around Cincinnati. The risk in naming our marathon Flying Pig I think came from, you know, a marathon is a very serious undertaking. And for a marathon in any community to be successful, really successful, you have to attract people from all over the country. It was a bit risky, but I will tell you, turned out to be a stroke of genius. This brand has done so much for our marathon, the Flying Pig Marathon. And I I will even say our our community at large, it's become iconic in the greater Cincinnati market. And we attract participants from all over the country. All 50 states are represented. And I'm really excited to say we already have 22 foreign countries represented uh, through our registration this year. So I think we can even call ourselves an international marathon. It kind of paid off for us. Does that answer the question? Cincinnati is all about pigs. And um, one of our best-selling pieces of apparel is, I'll run a marathon when pigs fly. (laughs) I love it. Okay. That absolutely settles my curiosity about the topic. And clearly, the name was not a deterrent because this year marks the 25th anniversary of the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati, which, before I forget, I need to mention, it's coming up the weekend of May 5th through the 7th. 25 years of the Flying Pig Marathon. That's pretty exciting. It's exciting, and um, Kate, just so extremely gratifying. I am very, very fortunate to be able to say I was a member of the founding board, have been involved in this venture since uh, 1997, it debuted in 1999. I served on the board, uh, the board of directors from 97 until 2002. At that time, made the transition to the staff side. So, you know, knowing that, that 
I just felt very strongly, as did many, many of the everybody, I think, on the founding board, that this was a great idea and it would be good for our city. But I can't speak for all of them, but I cannot pretend to have um, had the vision for how successful it could become. And again, now it's an iconic part of greater Cincinnati. We're one of five what they call heritage events here in the city, um, younger than the other four. But again, 25 years, it's, it's, it's been an amazing run. It absolutely has. And this year you mentioned not only all 50 states of the United States, but how many foreign countries have registrants? 22 so far. Oh, my yeah. word. That's exciting. Yes, it is very exciting for us. And I will tell you that many people don't realize what uh, an amazing mecca of running the state of Ohio is. We, of course, are very, very uh probably biased and fond of the flying pig. But, you know, the Columbus Marathon, Cleveland, Dayton, the Air Force in Dayton, Toledo, Akron, it's just, it makes us so proud to be a part of that listing. And not everyone across the country recognizes that here in the Midwest and even some of the hillier parts of the Midwest, we're a running Mecca. We really are. And uh, I think the coalition that, that that kind of exists, the collaboration between the races throughout our state. When we go to expos in other city, we're all there recruiting to our various events. I've had so many people mention, wow, you guys in Ohio all help one another. You know, if if our date doesn't work for somebody, we'll say, well, you might want to consider Cleveland. It's a three weeks later or, you know, our, our fall marathon. So I'm proud that there is of course, we're each promoting our own event, but I am so proud of what running means to our entire state and how there is that collaboration. And and here, we're very, very fortunate. Our uh, In our region, the Hamilton County, the city municipality, city of Cincinnati, Covington, Newport, you know, we do go into northern Kentucky um, on our course, but everybody is has embraced it and is vested in the event being successful and a, a good representation of our hometown. So uh, I suspect that same support and enthusiasm, enthusiasm exists in the other markets where our Ohio marathons are also successful and enjoy great reputations. Iris Simpson-Bush is the CEO of Pig Works, and that means she's in charge of the Flying Pig Marathon. Marathon weekend in Cincinnati for the Flying Pig is coming up May 5th through the 7th. It's an entire weekend of events, and when we return, Iris is going to give us the rundown of everything you can expect in this running mecca that is Ohio. Stay with us here on the Ohio Sports Magazine. We started as a radio station back in 1922. Since then, we've delivered you at least a dozen hours of quality entertainment. Mostly from 1968. I dated a chick named Linda back in 68. She was hot. Your sports leader for over 100 years. The Fan. To be your local home for the black and gold. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Welcome back to Ohio Sports Magazine. Today we're talking with Iris Simpson Bush. She is CEO of Pig Works, which is responsible for Cincinnati's Flying Pig Marathon. 
celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, the weekend of May 5th through the 7th. And it's not just going to be a 26.2-mile race, is it, Iris? No, we've become much, much more than that, Kate. And uh, actually, it was a part of our mission from the very beginning. This uh, event in our extended, our umbrella organization, has always had the mission of putting on a premier event for athletes of all abilities, raising money for charities, and celebrating our community. So, um, obviously, the marathon, that's the sizzle, that's the challenge, that's what we were founded with. Um, when we say it's our 25th running, the very first year we had the full marathon, a four-person relay, and the piglet for children on Saturday. Those three events and three distances are actually those who are, which are celebrating the 25th running. But again, to be true to our mission, through the years, we have added, and I really think we have most everything covered now, we have added um, to our lineup a half marathon. So Sunday is the full, the half, and a four-person relay. Saturday used to be just for the kids, and then we added a a 5K, and it was kind of a warm-up, a preliminary uh, day for the the big event on Sunday. Well, I have to tell you, sat, Saturday now has a personality and it is an entity unto its own. We have a 10K, a 5K. We do a dog run, the flying fur, for those who want to run with their furry friends. <laughs> uh, we always felt it was too dangerous in some of the other events, so we created their own event. Uh, It always starts off with who let the dogs out and they love it. So (laughs) in addition to that, and on a very serious note, I'm so proud to say we have added Pig Abilities, which is a division for people with special needs. Again, athletes of all abilities. Um, That event is growing uh, in leaps and bounds. We also have the Piglet. We have a diaper dash. I mean, they literally... um, crawl across pads from the time they can crawl. And then we have toddlers races. We have added an an incremental program for school-age children uh, where they can run. We actually start months in advance. They run or walk a few miles a week. We give them a hog log. They log their mileage. We give them nutritional tips. And there's even a reading component, a, a, a reading challenge. So what we're trying to do there is help the children in schools, in some after-school programs. The Cincinnati Public Library has been involved. They're really assisting us in trying to establish healthy habits for our, our youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud to say, um, before the pandemic, as of 2019, we had over 5,000 children participating in that program. Wow. So this year, oh, and then, how could I forget, Friday night, we kick off, Uh, the weekend of celebration with a one-mile race. It's a beer run. It's fun. It's (laughs) it's one mile. It's very celebratory. All of our races culminate with a party. Um, We do make that um, from Friday night through Sunday afternoon, celebrating individuals' accomplishments, whatever their goal was. If we, in some small way, helped them to accomplish that goal, then we have a party to celebrate. So it is truly a weekend running festival. 
uh, events for athletes, as I said, of all abilities. This year, we're adding para-athletes, the uh, hand cycles we've added to our 10K division. All of that has been, you know, very purposeful uh, through the years, adding events as we had the resources, the experts to guide us. You know, um, for example, with the para-athletes, their athletic trainers, their orthopedic assistants, having people who know what those participants will need and can help to guide us through inclusion in our, you know, our events where there are other participants for the safety and enjoyment of all. So we're really thrilled that this year para-athletes and and the hand cyclists will be joining us. Um, that part of our mission, I think we've pretty much got covered. We certainly uh, are very proud of, of all of the events in which people can participate. The second pillar was raising money for charities. Unlike many others who have one specific cause, from the beginning, we felt that there were so many worthwhile causes and organizations out there. We typically, and every year, raise over a million dollars for our charity partners. It can range, that number can range from anywhere from 250 to over 300 charity partners. We also debuted with a model. Um, it takes over 8,000 volunteers to put on this weekend of events. Wow. As you can imagine, with the various distances spread over three days, lots and lots of volunteers. So any charitable organization, and we have the big guys Leukemia, lymphoma, lymphoma, team and training, the American Heart, the American Cancer Society. But our list of participating charities goes down as small as some PTO organizations, Boy Scout, Girl Scout troops. As long as they're a bona fide um, not-for-profit organization, we welcome them. We, If they bring us volunteers, we pay their organization a stipend. So that's the basic basis of our charitable giving. It goes well beyond that. We've created a, a raffle, a fundraising opportunity. We call it the biggest raffle ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our charity partners can sell tickets. It's $5 to buy a pig. The grand prize is $10,000 with five of it going to the charity who sells the ticket and 5000 of course, to the winner. And then the second prize is 5000 divided the same way. The third prize is kind of a Cincinnati celebration package, reds, tickets, hotel stays, things like that. That sounds like quite a raffle. When we return, Iris has more to tell us about what makes her very proud of the Flying Pig Marathon's philanthropic efforts. There's more to come on Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or shoe inserts. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle care may give solutions after doing a complete foot examination. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio... 
phones down. It's the law. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery-powered tools, from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Healthcare.gov is here for you when life happens. If you lost your health coverage because of turning 26, going off Medicaid, leaving your job, or moving, you could be eligible to enroll in new coverage now. And if you need to update your coverage because of marriage or having a baby, you could also be eligible. But don't wait. There's a limited time to enroll. Check your eligibility at healthcare.gov today. Life happens. Get covered. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Ohio Education Association congratulates Stephanie Plumley, Ag Educator and FFA Advisor at Mount Vernon High School, this week's Education Champion. One of my favorite things about teaching would be exposing students to new experiences. I enjoy taking them out of the classroom. We do a lot of outdoor activities, charter fishing trips on Lake Erie. We've tapped maple trees and boiled down sap for syrup. So those kind of experiences the kids just don't typically get from home anymore. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Welcome back to Ohio Sports Magazine. May 5th through 7th is a weekend during which pigs rule in downtown Cincinnati. It's the 25th running of the Flying Pig Marathon, and race CEO Iris Simpson-Bush has been sharing some of the fundraising opportunities the race offers to Ohio nonprofit organizations. The exciting thing for me, and the thing I'm so proud to always remind people, our board of directors, uh, we pay 100% of the administrative cost. If a charity sells a $5 chance, they keep the $5. For years, they would come in and they bring us the uh, envelope with their tickets and their money. We would take the tickets, hand them back their money. You don't want any of it? We get to keep it all? Wow. It's taking a while to convince them. So I- I'm extremely proud that, again, we have tried to put in place fundraising opportunities and options for a, a variety of worthwhile causes. And again, cumulatively, we usually uh, raise well in excess of a million dollars for those participating charity partners. In fact, our accountant says, this is a no-brainer. Why isn't every not-for-profit in Cincinnati participating? So, again, something that I think is a little unique about us. And then I mentioned the third pillar of our of our um, uh, mission is to celebrate our community. You know, since the very beginning, we acknowledge that proud as we are of greater Cincinnati, it's not always listed as a destination. 
So we um, give out more swag, to our knowledge, more than any race around. We give a bag, I mean, a nice duffel bag. It changes from year to year, but a bag, shirts, of course, everybody gives shirts, a very nice medal. In fact, that medal has drawn so many participants. I can't tell you how many people say to me, you know, I chose your race because I wanted the medal with that big fat pig butt on the back. <laughs> and we always say whatever it takes, but uh, we're very proud of our medals. Um, we create series. You know, Cincinnati is known for its chili. Well, those of us who are born and raised here, when we go to Skyline Chili, we, we don't even need a menu. We know if we want a three-way, a four-way, or a five-way. Mm-hmm. So since uh, since Skyline has been a loyal supporter and partner through the years, we created the three-way challenge. If you do the half, the 5K and the 10K, you've done a three-way. If you do the full, you made it a four-way. And if you do the one-mile event on on Friday night, you added cheese. So we give <laughs> a separate medal for I mean, people sometimes are almost bent over with all the bling they can accumulate at our weekend of events. So, you know, it, it's, it's all in the spirit of fun with a very serious eye to putting on an event where competitive athletes can achieve their goals, run a competitive race, qualify for Boston, and those who never thought they could get off the couch and manage a 5k we have training programs and help to you know accomplish that get them from the starting line to our finish swine so um i really feel that when we get people to cincinnati they find that gosh it's a medium-sized town but it has so much to offer in terms of you know, we have Major League Sports, the Cincinnati Reds. They We do pig night at the ballpark. They're, the Bengals, uh, we use their stadium near our start line. Um, we've managed to ingratiate ourselves as uh, a, a community partner. We don't have a stadium, uh, no venue. So, you know, we're in their backyard oftentimes when we're starting or finishing our event. But the community at large, our corporate partners, um, it's just been amazing for someone like me who who has had the opportunity to be up close, observe the growth, the support through the years, and realize that, yeah, it really is a great way to showcase our hometown marathon. And uh, it's uh, it's been a different approach to running, no prize money, just a lot of fun. We We often say we put the fun in the run, but Again, we take our events very, very seriously. So that's kind of uh, what's gone into the mission, the planning um, since day one. Well, I dare say that you have accomplished all of those goals and what an impressive lineup. Flyingpigmarathon.com. That's where all of the information is about the myriad events that are happening the weekend of May 5th through the 7th and Iris Simpson Bush. It sounds like you're very busy. Let's let you get back to work. <laughs> so these final few yeah. weeks, if nothing else, you can rest up and be ready for the big 25th anniversary of Cincinnati's Flying Pig Marathon. Thank you so much, Iris. Kate, thank you. I really enjoyed. I love talking about the pig. Thank you for the opportunity. Iris also shared with me that the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati is in the running to be named the best marathon in the country. You can cast your vote for them online at raceraves.com. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. 
Common Man and T-Bone. I love huge breasts. That's what I heard. I have no problem with any size breasts. I got it. Except right. my own. <laughs> Too large. <laughs> As I'm talking about eating McChickens for lunch. Oh, fine. Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by the Hinderer Motor Company. He takes three to six on the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Let's check in on the Cleveland Guardians and hear from Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. Talking with Jeff Ellis. He does the Locked On Cleveland Guardians podcast. Download, subscribe to the Locked On Guardians podcast, wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, thanks so much uh, for the time. We're about a dozen or so games into the regular season. So just with the sample size being what it is for this Cleveland team, what are your thoughts on how they're all per- they're performing just overall? Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy. I know maybe some people, there's some, some nits to be picked here and there, but it's been a tough schedule. You know, Seattle and New York, you had to open in there to, to make it a little bit easier, but it, it opens up, uh, I believe after this series, maybe there's one more tough opponent. And then uh, this is the rough patch and it kind of is nice. That it's going to open up as they're dealing with injuries when the whole league is, but players are showing up. Uh, you know, Will Brennan's been a, a fun guy to watch over the last few uh, games. And yeah, there, there's some things that could be improved upon, but you can also see why this is a playoff team and why they're you know, they're out there hanging tough with uh, some of the top teams in the AL. Defending AL Central champions, you know, with, like I said, the, the dozen or so games we are into the regular season, still leading and, and kind of winning in, in similar fashion as to last season. Good pitching and small ball all over the place. Who for you, Jeff, has been the biggest surprise this season? You know, there's, there's a few guys that stand out. Um, I know that it's tempting to say Miles Straw just because he has been so good, but I, you know, if you want to be negative on that, you could say he started out really well um, a year ago, too. But I think, you know, I, for me, it's, it's either Straw or it's just seeing um, what Zignino has done. Like, I, I was a proponent of signing him. I didn't, I, there, there's been the issues defensively. I know people will want to jump on that, but offensively, uh, what he has done with the bat has been fantastic and after austin hedges being literally the worst hitter in baseball the last three years by um by some metrics to get above average uh production and catcher is just offensively such a huge change and i think it's it's the bottom of the lineup there which is sometimes then allowed the top to cook a little more and have some guys on base but it's straw is tempting just because he's been so good i will caution start hot a year ago and then zanino because of I mean, he, he's got half his, almost half the extra base hits that this team had heading into the Yankee series. I know a guy that was brought in in the offseason to kind of help with the bottom of that lineup in terms of production and to give um, Naylor some time in the de- on the DH spot was Josh Bell. It's it's early. Uh, would it be fair if, if you looked at his batting average just uh, being kind of lower than you would have thought? Has he been, would you call him a disappointment so far? Is that fair? I, I think it's fair. Um, you know, he's a slow starter, and I, I've talked about that on the show, but even when he's a slow starter, he's typically been a above-league average hitter. Right now, he is not that. Uh, he does feel like he's pressing a bit. He was I mean, he was a legitimate all-star in the first half of last year and then kind of went to San Diego and, and fell apart to degree, and unfortunately, he's been more of the guy he was with San Diego than he was at the beginning of the year with Washington. Uh, he's a professional hitter. You're hoping that uh, this is just, you know, he's just had 12 games. Maybe this is his worst 12-game stretch of the year. And he, like I said, he's a guy who does get better as the year goes on. So there's there's reasons for optimism. But when you bring him in to be your four or five hitter, it's uh, and he's 
you know, got a 143 average, a 226 on base, and a 179 plugging. It's incredibly disappointing. You talk about just some of the injuries that have already kind of plagued this team just so early on in the season. It, just some more bad news for the starting rotation. Savale, Aaron Savale uh, hit the 15-day DL with a strained oblique. Cleveland recalled righty Peyton Battenfield from Columbus and put Tristan McKenzie on the 60-day IL. What does all of that mean, just big picture, for Cleveland's pitching situation? And if you want to even go back a little further, I mean, their sixth starter, I think we projected over the winter, would have been Cody Morris. So if you look at their top three guys, they're down three, or top six guys, they're down three of them. So it has stretched things out. They have some great pitching prospects. Um, if you are in Columbus or, or nearby, you definitely want to try to go out there and see Logan Allen and Bybee. Uh, as in June, I would expect either of those guys to be in play for Cleveland. But that's kind of the situation. This is kind of the gap between. You, you want those young guys to get a few more reps in AAA before they move up. Uh, they're kind of stuck with this uh, in-between zone. Uh, Battenfield was exposed to the Rule 5 over the summer, uh, or the, yeah, over the winter, I should say, and you know, passed through. He's, uh, his, his start today was great. But then you got guys like Gaddison Curry, who might be more relievers, kind of being pressed into a role. So it's just... Kind of the worst time for it to happen, um, and, and like I said, with the schedule getting easier, maybe also the best time. But uh, you're you're kind of waiting on those young kids. Uh, the future is very bright in terms of the next wave of starting pitchers, and they're very close. And you know, if guys like Daniel Spino and Joey Cantillo had been healthy all of last year, they might already be up. But right now, we're kind of waiting for guys to either get healthy or to just get those reps. Jeff Ellis, my guest, uh, he does the Locked On Cleveland Guardians podcast again. Download, subscribe to the Locked On Guardians podcast, wherever it is you do your fine podcasting. So kind of a light at the end of the tunnel approach here for the Guardians right now. Uh, they did get some good news earlier this week with McKenzie, uh, reportedly clearing the 25-year-old ready to resume throwing. When is a reasonable time for Guardians fans to expect him back into the starting lineup? Well, he can't be added back to the roster until May 29th. So we're probably looking early June. Uh, he's starting throwing programs now, so maybe even like May 29th, maybe the day he's available to be activated. He's ahead of schedule, but uh, you want to really nerd out on the, the, the deepness of it all. It's like their 40-man is so packed, they had to put him on the uh, the 60-day disabled list to move guys around to figure things out. So uh, May 29th is the first day he can be activated, and if he is ready to go, I would not be surprised to see him, and he should be ready to go by all counts not long after that. And we just kind of talked about, you know, with uh, Hunter Gaddis and, and just the guys that they're bringing up and kind of trying to rotate through and seeing where they fit in into a starting rotation that it feels like changes by the week. What kind of role does Hunter Gaddis step into once McKenzie comes back? Are they still going to try the starting rotation experiment post Memorial Day weekend or does Gaddis return kind of to the bullpen role after McKenzie returns? I think he goes into the bullpen role. I mean, that was supposed to be his role before the McKenzie situation. He's very, even though they are, you could not find guys more different in height and weight uh, between Gaddis and Eli Morgan as as one, you know, is five, nine and the other six, six. Uh, They're kind of very similar with average fastballs and these incredible changes. They might have the two best changeups on the team right now. So he's, he's both are kind of more, Morgan's got a more developed repertoire. But Gaddis is kind of more of a two-pitch guy, and that's what we're seeing with him up right now. Uh, I think he probably slots into that relief role long-term, and I think he's got a chance to stick around for a while in that. But I think he got forced into this situation because, again, they're the juggling arms trying to figure things out. They have two pitchers in the entire minor leagues on their 40-man roster uh, just because of injuries and, and the way guys 
slot in, and, and one of those being the aforementioned Cantillo, who spent most of last year hurt. So uh, they didn't have a lot of choices unless they were going to move someone to the 60-day like they did when they added Batonfield. So Gattis kind of got pressed into a job that uh, was not the one he was preparing for. Download and subscribe to the Locked On Cleveland Guardians podcast. Again, wherever you do your fine podcasting, he is Jeff Ellis. He does bring you the Locked On Guardians podcast and my guests today. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Bishop and Friends. I saw it take a bat out of the air with its paw. And they do it even when they don't need the food, because then they'll bring it to your front doorstep and be like, here's food for you guys. Bishop and Friends. Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to discuss Cincinnati Reds baseball and hear from Steve Offenbaker of Locked On Reds with our Paul Keels. It's our pleasure this week to talk to Steve Offenbaker from the Locked On Reds podcast that he shares with Jeff Carr. And Steve, the subject that I'm going to ask you about first and something that you guys talked about this week. And the question is, was it a subject that you knew from last season to this season would be one of interest? And that is the Reds bullpen and its inabilities at times. You know, it's funny. We just recorded talking about this again because pretty much everybody but the Reds front office saw this coming and knew that there was a need to go out and get a veteran pitcher or two, and they chose not to do it. And we find ourselves in this situation that pretty much everybody anticipated them being in, which is a bullpen that at times can get people out, but then a lot of other times is going to blow games. And that's just where we are until some reinforcements arrive. You know, we saw over the weekend in Philadelphia, Alexis Diaz attempting to get two innings worth of work in. Is Steve, is it that's kind of a selective choice, or do you feel that maybe one inning is kind of the cap for him? Well, you know, the Reds said in spring training that it was a goal of theirs to try and stretch out as many of the relievers as possible to be able to pitch multiple innings. I think that what we saw with Alexis Diaz is he had a bit of an adrenaline problem coming back out for that ninth inning. I think that he'll eventually figure that out and be able to give you a couple innings from time to time. But if the Reds are relying on these relievers to go multiple innings, uh, it really speaks to the larger problem that we just talked about, which is they don't have a lot of guys that consistently get people out every time they come out of the bullpen. And uh, they're going to need to bolster that bullpen to eliminate the need for Alexis Diaz to pitch multiple innings. So is the optimistic thought that people were waiting to come off of rehab to maybe help in that need, Steve? Yeah, so right now in Louisville, they've got Luke Weaver on a rehab assignment. They've got Tony Santion on a rehab, and they also have Lucas Sims down there on a rehab. Those three guys are better than some of the people that are pitching out of this bullpen right now. Uh, Luke Weaver may, in fact, find himself uh, in the rotation with uh, uh, Luis Sessa going back to the bullpen, which helps as well. So I think the optimistic side of us wants to say that if, you know, and a lot of ifs here, but if Tony Santion and if Lucas Sims can be the guys they were before they were injured, uh, that's a pretty good back end of the bullpen when you combine them with Alexis Diaz. And that will keep the Reds in more games and will keep them more entertaining because right now the lineup is is doing the heavy lifting and they're fun to watch. And it's so exciting to see all of these guys with multi-hit games, but then you get to the bullpen and it kind of all evaporates. I'm going to get to the lineup in a minute, but one more question about pitching, Steve. Is the good news and the bad news that what's happened with the bullpen, it's ruining some good starts out of the rotation? 
it is ruining some good starts out of the rotation. And, and even if it's not good starts per se, uh, the starters have done a good job of keeping the Reds in games. And then the bullpen comes in and just lets things get out of hand or lets things get away. Uh, and we did see, you know, the walk-off in Philadelphia. That was all on the bullpen, letting one get away. Uh, we saw uh, an extra inning loss in Atlanta that was all on the bullpen. You know, uh, Derek Locke comes in and throws one pitch, and that's the difference in the game in the tent. So, uh, yeah, the, the bullpen has let some, some gems slip through their fingers. Now, let's get back to the lineup and be positive about some things that are going well. Steve, how about your two cents on what Jake Fraley has done at the plate? Jake Fraley has played, in my opinion, at any rate, has played his way into being the everyday guy, uh, whether it's in left field or as a designated hitter. I think that he should play every day until such time that he proves that he can't. There's this, been this knock on him about his righty-lefty splits, and should he be out there against left-handed pitchers? Well, he's had five at-bats against the left-handed pitcher. I think he's shown us enough that it's time to run him out there and see what he can do. And if it's true that he can't figure out lefties with the new shift rules and everything else that's in place, then fine. You start platooning him again. But this team's not really competing for the postseason this year. This is the year of figure it out. So that is definitely one of the things the Reds should figure out is what they really have with Jake Fraley because he's been amazing so far. Another popular discussion point, Steve, has been Jose Barrero. Are we seeing some good signs from him? We are. Finally, Jose Barrero, the hitter, seems to be breaking out. I said this a few days ago. I really felt like he was about to turn a corner, and it looks like he is. Uh, he's hitting for some power. Uh, he's, his at-bats have looked very, very good. He has not looked overmatched. And then, of course, defensively right now, he's the best shortstop on the roster uh, as far as defense goes. Uh, I would rather see him out there at shortstop every day than running a Kevin Newman out there who is prone to uh, some bad plays at the shortstop position. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. So I think that if, if Jose Barrero has finally figured out how to hit, he's a valuable piece for the Reds because even if you don't want him at shortstop every day, he can give you some innings in center field. He can play other places on the infield, uh, keeping a, a valuable bat in the lineup. What we're seeing from Spencer Steer, is that something, Steve, that maybe he's benefiting from the time he had with the Reds after the trade last year? You know, I think so. I talked to him about this last year, whether a cup of coffee was something that would be beneficial. And, you know, he told me straight out that, you know, getting up there, getting the lay of the land, uh, learning the who his new teammates would be, learning how things work, would only make things heading into the second year that much easier. And I think that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, he got all of the rookie stuff out of the way last year so that in the offseason and spring training and now through the beginning of this year, he could just focus on the baseball. And none of us ever really questioned how good he would be uh, just focusing on the baseball. Uh, you know, Jeff's got him as his dark horse rookie of the year candidate. So I think that uh, that's actually very realistic. I think that Spencer Steer is one of those rare talents that can play all over the field, likes to play all over the field, and will do whatever the team needs uh, to win. So in that, Spencer Steer's a, a, a real gem. And I, I think that we're not seeing uh, an, an aberration. This is going to be who he is during his time in Cincinnati. Good stuff. Steve Offenbaker from the Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks, as always, for your wisdom, Steve. Well, thanks for having me on, Paul. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or shoe inserts. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle care may give solutions after doing a complete foot examination. 
If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery-powered tools, from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Healthcare.gov is here for you when life happens. If you lost your health coverage because of turning 26, going off Medicaid, leaving your job, or moving, you could be eligible to enroll in new coverage now. And if you need to update your coverage because of marriage or having a baby, you could also be eligible. But don't wait. There's a limited time to enroll. Check your eligibility at healthcare.gov today. Life happens. Get covered. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Ohio Education Association congratulates Stephanie Plumley, Ag Educator and FFA Advisor at Mount Vernon High School, this week's Education Champion. One of my favorite things about teaching would be exposing students to new experiences. I enjoy taking them out of the classroom. We do a lot of outdoor activities, charter fishing trips on Lake Erie. We've tapped maple trees and boiled down sap for syrup. So those kind of experiences the kids just don't typically get from home anymore. The fan, the fan, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time now to get some highlights of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show with Jay Crawford. Here's producer Colin Barringer to set the scene. Thanks, Kate. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys broke down the need for the Guardians who had more pitching to their roster. I thought they needed another pitcher when the season started. Two. I certainly thought they needed another pitcher when McKenzie got hurt. Yeah. Two. Now we're not going to see McKenzie till June. The Guardians smartly don't panic. They are the anti-king of knee-jerk. Yes. They are the king of anti-knee-jerk. Their knees never move. <laughs> they never knock. <laughs> However, they've and it's fine to be patient. Nobody's running away with the division. It's not a situation where you got a Tampa that's 12-0 and in your division. So they're fine. 
However, it's probably going to be something they have to address in some meaningful way at some point this season. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Rothman and Ice. Not only do I buy sweats that are crazy comfy that I use as a napkin, I actually will buy sweats that are a little too long for me, and then I'll scissor the bottom. Rothman and Ice, weekdays at noon. Sponsored by your local Pella Window showroom. The Fan. The f- now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. That's all for this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Thanks to my guest, Iris Simpson-Bush of Cincinnati's Flying Pig Marathon. Thanks to all of our Locked On podcast contributors this week as well. For Colin Barringer, Eric Reeser, and Paul Keels, I'm Kate Burdett. Thanks for listening to Ohio Sports Magazine. Join us next week here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Color.